Chapter 18 of To London Town. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. To London Town by Arthur Morrison. Chapter 18. Not for six weeks at least, Johnny judged, could he beg the day's holiday that was to take him and Bessie back to the forest. And it might be more. That would be in July or even August, and probably the weather would be more trustworthy then. As for Bessie, she counted the days on the almanac and tapped the yellow-faced old barometer that had been granddad's a dozen times a day. Johnny laughed at her impatience and invented endless weather prophecies just from America, putting the weather for the whole of July at every possible shade of unpleasantness, from blizzards to floods and thunderstorms. The days went quietly. They were even dull. Mr. Butson did what he could to make himself agreeable, and several times praised a set of calipers that Johnny had made. A set of calipers that Johnny, in fact, thought very well of himself so that he seemed not such a bad fellow, perhaps after all, though a bit of a sponge. There was nothing to cause it, to all seeming, but it was a fact that just now Nan May grew thoughtful and absent of manner. She would pause in the midst of needlework, as though to think, and more than once, at such a time, Bessie, looking up from her own work, saw that her mother's troubled gaze was fixed on herself. Nan May put away the anxious look as well as she might, and bent to her work again. But Bessie wondered. Johnny, too, fancied that his mother was scarce so cheerful as was her wont, though he thought of it less than Bessie. But one Sunday afternoon, meeting her by her bedroom door, he took her cheeks between his palms and looked hard in her face. Mother, he said, I believe you've been crying. What's up? She put a hand on each of his wrists and made a shift to smile. That's nonsense, she said, and tried to pull his hands down. You're getting too strong for your poor old mother to keep you in order. But she brightened always. When Mr. Butson came in the evening, though Mr. Butson's conversation scarce seemed of so inspiring a character as to account wholly for the change, still it interested her. It was mostly about his grievances at the hands of the world, and Nan May was a ready sympathizer. It was very near to the day, at last fixed, for the excursion when Bessie woke in the night at the striking of a match. Her mother was lighting a candle, her back toward the bed. She took the candle and passed out into Johnny's room at the back. Bessie listened, but she heard no talk, heard nothing, indeed, but Johnny's heavy breathing. So still was the night. Presently her mother returned and stood over her, still with the candle, gazing on her face. It seemed to Bessie 
as well as she could see through half-closed eyes, much as she had gazed when she paused in her needlework, though now her cheeks were wet with tears. With that, Bessie opened wide her eyes, and, Mother, she said, what's the matter? Are you ill? Nan May turned and blew out the light. No, Bess, no, I'm all right, she said, and crept into bed. It's not not much. I woke up, that's all, with a bad dream. She kissed the girl and put her arm around her neck. You've always been a good girl, Bessie, she went on. You wouldn't turn against me, would you? Why, no, mother, but not whatever happened? No, of course not. She kissed her mother again. But why? It's nothing. Only the dream. Just the dream, Bess. Go to sleep. End of chapter 18. Recording by John Brandon.